Okay, we're going to get started. So I am wrapping up this series, Fool Me Once, once, in which we are talking about just different ways that the world tries to fool you. People will try to uh, get you to believe things, get us all to believe things. We've talked about money and how, like, one of the biggest things is people convince themselves that money is the most important thing. Now, obviously, I'm not going to tell you money's not important because it is and you need it. You have to pay bills. You have to pay taxes. You have to do all of these things with money. And it's awesome to have a comfortable life, to uh, be able to have a car, to make payments, to blah, blah, blah. But... When you make that your number one priority, everything else falls away. And so you lose friendships, you lose relationships, you lose uh, studying sometimes, you can lose your faith, all of these things. Um, we also talked about the fact, basically, that uh, a lot of people will believe because they failed once that they are going to fail forever, that you can never do something. Now, obviously, I'm not going to tell you that if you have a dream, it's boom, going to come true. Uh, for example, if you want to be an NBA player or something and you're like 6'2", you're probably not going to be, but there's a chance. Uh, but it's your dream could become something else. It could become something involved with that. It could become anything. Uh, there's a quote, and I forget who said it, but it's basically that success is on the same road as failure, just a little further down. The only real failure is when you give up, when you quit, when you stop trying. And that goes with faith. It goes with life. It goes with school. It goes with everything. It's okay to struggle, but you keep going. You keep trying. You get people to help you. We also talked uh, about the fact that people like believe not very much about you guys. Like We've talked a lot about, I say this a lot, how at your guys' age, uh, half the people in your life are like, hey, you need to be more mature. You need to know this stuff. You need to have an opinion. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then the other half are like, hey, you're just a kid. You need to be quiet and stay in your role, stay in your lane. And that can be very confusing, and it can make you feel uh, like you don't really belong anywhere. And then you see on movie and TV and all these different pop culture things where it's like, oh, teens all do this, and they all want this, and they all act like this. And so it can really try to put you in a box because that's what it, the world is comfortable with, people being in boxes, people all being the same. And that can even be true in churches sometimes. Like, churches are definitely not exempt from uh, judgment. In fact, a lot of times they're the most judgy places. And, and so it can be very much about putting people in a box, trying to understand everything. And so all of this is leading to today... Um, where we're talking uh, about a story that happened. And I'm going to go through this story and then talk about uh, just what is going on. Because one of the things that we kind of get involved with, and I'm super competitive. Like, I, I love sports. I love competing. I love winning. All of these things matter to me. They always have mattered to me. Uh, I am very hard on myself if I lose. I hold myself to a high standard, even though it's impossible to reach. It's just who I am and how my competitive works. But at the same time, that's different from a win-at-all-costs thing where uh, it's okay to hurt somebody in order to win, or it's okay to step on somebody in order to win, or to get a promotion, or to do whatever. And so I want to talk about this story from way back in Genesis, chapter 27. Uh, I'm going to read some of it, and I'll tell some of it. But one day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son. Uh, yes, father, Esau replied. I am an old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I, will pronounce, then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. But Rebekah, who is the wife, overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out in the flocks. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. Uh, I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. So in our culture, in our 
era in our time period, it's really weird to look at something like a blessing and be like, well, why can't he just bless both his sons? So this is a long time ago. This is when the father to son to father to son uh, dynamic really mattered. And if you had a firstborn son, that was everything. And so everything went to them. So the blessing also gave them kind of the direction of the family and the leadership of the family and all of the family resources, just the family name, everything went in that blessing. And so that is why it wasn't something that was just like, you know, you can walk up to somebody and say, hey, I bless you. And even if they don't sneeze. And, and so it doesn't really super matter now, but then it did. And so one of the things, when you read just this part of the story, immediately Rebecca becomes the bad guy. Like she's like overhearing her, her husband who is dying and blind talk to his oldest son and get ready to pass on the blessing. And so it's easy to immediately look at this and be like, well, that's the quick judgment. That's what life is. Um, she is trying to screw over uh, Isaac and Esau in favor of her favorite son. But if you go back a little bit, you'll see that Jacob had actually been promised the blessing by God. And so Isaac was kind of also going against things. So everybody in this story kind of sucks. And everybody in this story is going against each other. Um, if you watch much TV, especially sitcoms, like 99% of sitcom things are two characters don't talk about something and they both believe something and they go in different directions and wacky hijinks ensue. Like that's the entire run of every sitcom ever pretty much is somebody will see something, they'll think it's something else and then they'll go and tell somebody else and it'll go and go and go and go like a soap opera and, and they'll keep talking about it and nobody ever talks because if you just stop and you're like, oh, hey, you know what? I saw uh, Cooper going down to the basement to play futsal and, and so... Uh, I thought that it was a real sport, but then, you know, I heard him crying or something. And so, uh, and so I realized that it's not. And then you don't tell anybody that. Then everybody kind of makes their own assumptions and they move forward. But if you just have that conversation and you go to the person and say, hey, this is what I think. Is this true? And they're like, no. And you go like that. If Rebecca had just gone to her husband and like, hey, isn't the blessing supposed to go to, to Jacob? And if Esau had been like, ah, man, you know, but I want it, they could have worked out something. But instead, they all go behind each other's backs. And that's kind of the way that we're taught to be in life. It's like you go to get what you want. You do everything you can to get what you want. You do everything you can to win. And then you just eventually uh, ask for forgiveness later. Uh, there's a saying that it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And, you know, we kind of live that way sometimes. I'm going to go on a little bit more. Uh, but look, Jacob said to Rebecca, my brother Esau is a big hairy man and my skin is smooth. What if my father uh, touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. But his mother replied, then let the curse fall on me, my son. Uh, just do what I tell you and go out to get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebecca took them and prepared a delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house and gave them to her younger son, Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of a young goat. Uh, then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said. Uh, yes, my son, Isaac said. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Just exactly what you want to hear from my father. Uh, Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. Um, I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. And so I'm going to cut here and just talk about it. So basically from there... Uh, Jacob says, hey, I'm Esau, and Isaac's like, this is kind of weird. Your voice sounds a little bit different. You're not quite this, but your arm is really heavy, and 
it's kind of weird that it's glued with goat blood stuff places, but still, it's kind of hairy. And so this must be right. Oh, this is exactly right. Here's the food. Wow, that was really fast. And Jacob has to now lie because his mom told him to do this. And so now he is part of the problem. And he is now, instead of saying, Dad, I thought I was supposed to get this blessing, and just talking to him, he's pretending to be somebody else. Because in life, sometimes we pretend to be somebody else in different groups. Uh, we can be someone different at home than we are at school, than we are at church, than we are at work. And that can get really confusing. And the more you do that, the more you kind of spread out who you are, the harder it is to keep all the stories together. And then, you know, if you really mess up or you really do the wrong thing or you really get scared about something, then all of a sudden you're terrified in each realm. And so at church, you're afraid somebody from school is going to come and see you and be like, hey, what are you doing here? Why would you do this, etc." And then at school, you're afraid somebody from church or at home, you're afraid somebody from work, etc. And we get all caught up in being who everybody wants us to be, that we constantly are defining ourselves by who everybody else wants us to be or what they expect us to be. And sometimes that can even be where we're trying to do something good or trying to, to be good. Uh, like, say, for example, you are, are just doing your best in school and you're working really hard. That's awesome. But you get so caught up in that that you forget about everything else. Now, I'm not saying don't try in school because you should, but it can be so hard to get caught up in something and you get lost. And then all of a sudden your parents are like, hey, you need to major in this. And so you go major in that. Or in sports, it's like, man, I'm giving my entire life to this one sport and it's just not working, but I have to, to make my parents happy, to make the coach happy, to make somebody else happy. And again, it's good to do these things. It's good to do good in school. It's good to play sports and, and, and it's good to be in band and whatever else you do. But it's also about figuring out who you are. Now, that doesn't mean you quit everything and just go and sit in the corner playing video games, but it means that you're trying to figure out who you are and, and who you can be when you're trying to be like Jesus, when you're trying to do well, when you're trying to do good, when you're trying to help other people. And in this situation, again, everybody is kind of defining everybody else and then becoming somebody else to try to trick them. And it gets really confusing and really soap opery. And so we get to the part where um, Jacob like has convinced Isaac and so Isaac gives him the blessing and he basically says from the dew of heaven and the riches of earth may may God always give you abundant harvests of grain and bountiful new wine may many nations become your servants and may they bow down to you uh, may you be the master over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you and all who curse you will be cursed and all who bless you will be blessed. So again, to us, this is just words. This is like praying over somebody. But to them, this is legitimately him saying, this is my bond. This is my word. This is my vow. This is basically my will. And this is what's going to happen. And so it matters a lot. And then as soon as he finishes, uh, like Jacob goes off and he tells his mom, hey, we did it. And he probably hopefully takes a bath and he gets rid of the goat stuff. And who knows what happened from there. But uh Esau comes in and he's like, hey, I'm here. I brought your meal. And so Esau is just devastated because up until now, he's kind of been the only one that hasn't done anything. But then he gets so mad. He gets so mad that he goes off trying to kill Jacob. And so he's like, can't you just bless me? Can't you just bless me too? And his dad's like, I can't. I gave him the, the family name. I gave him the, gave him the family business. I gave him everything. I can just give you uh, this. And so it's kind of shady, but it's Finally, his father Isaac said to him, you will live away from the richness of earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. So basically, uh, his dad sets them against each other and Esau is really mad. And so Jacob runs off and he, he starts a new life and he 
uh, is constantly looking over his shoulder for his brother to kill him. And they have all of these dramatic problems. And it's not for years and years and years and decades that they finally work it out. And they lost so much time. They lost so much time together. And then as Jacob gets older and he has his own kids, they kind of trick each other and they send one of them into slavery. You've probably heard of Joseph. Yeah, the one from the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Joseph. And that's Jacob's son, this guy. That's his son. And so that's Isaac's grandson. And so you see how it goes on because they knew the story and they all think, hey, we can do what we want. And so that's what happens. When you're constantly pretending to be somebody in order to make other people happy, you're always changing. And so you're never really knowing who you are. And then in a new situation, you realize that they're doing that same thing and so it's hard to know who to trust because you can't trust yourself and it's so confusing and it's so hard and the world makes it so hard and when I say the world I don't mean like all the non-church thing I mean everybody in the world makes it hard because we all want things a certain way and most of the time we go through life thinking of ourselves as the main character uh, not me because of tremendous depression and anxiety I think of myself as not much at all but a lot of us think of ourselves as, as the main character. And it's like, well, when I walk out of this room, nobody else really matters. Now, we don't actually think that, but we kind of feel that way in the way that we do things, in the way that we say things, in the excuses that we make, sometimes in the lies that we tell. And it can get so hard because then we see everybody else doing it. And so it feels like, well, you know what? At least I'm not as bad as that. And we start comparing. But then we start comparing ourselves to someone who's doing better. And it's like, man. And so we feel bad about ourselves. And it's all so hard. And so the point of this story, the point of this message, the point of this series is the only people that can really determine who you are are, are you. Now, I'm going to say, and I'm going to believe that if you follow Jesus, like that's the best way to be because that is the only person that will not change. Uh, for example, if you define yourself by being an athlete, that's awesome. But eventually you're not going to be an athlete anymore. Maybe you'll make it to college and you'll play. Maybe you'll even make it to the pros and you'll play. But eventually you're going to retire. Uh, one of the things you'll see if you pay attention to pro sports, like Brady, who recently retired, uh, he unretired and retired, and then now he's retired again. Uh, he was, I believe, 45 when he retired. And in sports years, that's really old. And so people are like, oh, it's about time. But in real life, he's still got like 45 years of life left, not doing the thing that he loved the most. And so again, if you define yourself by being an athlete, eventually at like age 45 or so, you're not going to do that anymore. And so you have to figure out who it is. Uh, if you define yourself by being in a relationship and then you break up because all relationships end one of two ways. You either break up or you get married. Like that's it. There's no third magic option. And so if you define yourself by that relationship, if they move away or you get in a fight or you break up, then who are you? And it can be so hard. If you define yourself by being a student, again, that's awesome. And you get good grades, great. But eventually, you're not going to take school anymore. Now, you can expand it a little bit. You can take grad school, and then you can go get a doctorate. Maybe you can get another doctorate. But still, eventually, you're going to run out of money, and you're going to have like a million dollars in college loans like I do. And you're, you're going to just be kind of stuck, and you have to define yourself. If you define yourself by your career, if you define yourself as a parent, if you define yourself as a, a, a child, as a friend, of whatever, none of these things are bad. But if you define yourself in that way, like Jacob is defining himself by getting that blessing, and Isaac is defining himself as being the, the father and being traditional, and Rebecca is defining herself as being the mother of Jacob, and Esau is defining himself by whatever his dad says. And if you define yourself by that way, then you're stuck, and if that messes up, if that fails, if something happens, then you're kind of screwed, and you're like, what do I do? And you have no idea who you are. So again, back to Jesus 
if he is the centerpiece of your life, all of those other things can happen. You can still be an athlete. You can still do sports. You can still have relationships. You can still have money. All of these things. But he never changes. And so your identity in him never changes when everything else does. And so that gives you a place to go back to when things fall apart. Because I would love to tell you that if you, you know, follow Jesus, then nothing else is ever going to go poorly. That's not life. Because life sucks sometimes. And so it will go poorly. But... With him, you still know that you have a place to go even when everything else is failing. Believe me, I've been there where everything else feels like it's falling apart. I've not known where I fit in. I've not known what life is like. I've not had enough money. I've not had friends or family or whatever, and it sucks. And I'm not saying that I'm happy in those times, but I still know him, and I'm able to go forward, and I'm able to try to help. And so this story teaches us you're always going to be able to kind of change who you are to win in a situation or to make something better or whatever, but it's always going to change. And so Jacob's on the run. Esau's sad. Rebecca and Isaac are having trouble. And it's all of these things because they just weren't honest in themselves. And so out of all of the things in the series, the best thing I could tell you after Be Like Jesus, which is the most important, is learn who you are and then try to be that. Uh, you're not going to make everybody happy, and that sucks, but... If you follow him and you're doing your best, that's all you can do. Literally all you can do is try to be like him. Literally all you can do is try your best and then you keep going. And you have people in your life that understand, people in your life that help you, people in your life that care about you. And then you go forward like that, just doing your best. Literally, just do your best, follow him, and know that you are loved. That's all I got.